Good morning, listeners, and welcome to the CEO podcast. We've got a great one for you today. We have got Paula Swice. She is a fantastic business owner with a great education internationally at LSE. She's worked at Warner Brothers, uh, Bear Stearns, some of the biggest hedge funds in the world, and REITs. And then she started her own company, Silverweiss International. Paula, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thank you, Casey. Uh, I'm doing really well. Can you just tell us a little bit about Silverweiss International and what you currently do? And then we can get back into how you got there. Yeah, Silverweiss International is a company that I started a couple years ago on my own after working several years in corporate. Um, what we mainly focus on is uh, lending, uh, business lending, uh, primarily in private financing. We work with a number of uh, private financiers, banks, uh, different firms uh, nationally and across the world for lending for our clients. I deal with clients domestically in the United States. I deal with clients internationally. I work with a number of partners um, in my team uh, where we work together and collaborate on deals together. Uh, what we primarily focus on is real estate construction loans. We also do working capital um, certain different expansions, uh, shareholder buyouts for private companies, for public, com uh, public companies. Primarily, yes, uh, we do all sorts of financing, um, mainly construction loans, real estate loans. We can do equity financing as well as an option for clients. We do mezzanine loans, equity and debt. If we kind of rewind a few years, let's start back at your university days. You, you're at the LSC, which is one of the best schools in the world. How did you firstly pick to go to London to study there. Uh, what made you kind of do that? I had fam I have family in the UK. Um, during high school, I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go, if I wanted to stay here, or if I wanted to go overseas. Uh, I felt like going overseas would be a great experience to be able to connect with more people in the business space worldwide and see everything on a global level. Um, and in terms of uh, one of the jobs I actually wanted to do is I wanted to get an import-export, I wanted to get into trade. And I noticed how LSC was really big into globalization. And that's really the biggest focus. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity. And I, uh, I did apply for schools uh, here in the United States. I got accepted to some, but I really said, let's go to London if I get accepted there. And it happened. Yeah, it's a fantastic city. I'm glad you uh, got to experience it. And then once that was finished, you came back to LA and started working in the real world where, again, you started working for some of the biggest companies with Warner Brothers. How did you find that transition from what you'd learned in England uh, and the culture, just the differences, and then coming back into a corporate job here? Well, both, both London and LA are fast life. Um, and there are two different types of fast. I think here in LA, it is more entertainment focus, and then finance can be the second, where London is more, you say London itself, it is more finance focus and then government focus. Um, in terms of interaction, I was able to adapt. I, I've lived overseas and had an international life um, most of my life, living in different states. I lived in Florida. I was born in Chicago. I was in and out of LA growing up. I lived in the Middle East for quite a while in my childhood, learned a second language. And so I did adjust to it quickly. But I, every new experience was like a new page for me. So in terms of meeting people, in terms of new experiences, it was just more growth. So adapting to it wasn't too uh, too bad. Um, I like the culture here in LA where in terms of fast life, in terms of business, it's always something exciting. Great, great. And then 
Going on from that, you then worked a few more jobs, uh, capital companies at Bear Stearns and then uh, at some hedge funds. How did that kind of shape your decision to finally get out of corporate and start your own business? Yeah, definitely. Well, I was lucky enough to work with really great companies and met really great people. Um, I always believe everything is about relationships. And so the more that I was working in companies, I was taking a lot of time into meeting people and learning their experiences and seeing what they do and how they got to where they got to. And so every job taught me the trade of the job, of course. It taught me how to communicate with clients. Everything was a client-based job that I was working in. Um, it gave me a bigger scope of what is finance, how to sell, how to keep relationships and clients. And I learned fairly quick. I enjoyed what I was doing. Um, so I said, well, if I'm able to do that, uh, there is no reason why I can venture off on my own one day when the time is right. And that was always in my mind to really start my own work, my own firm and move forward from there. So if we, if we repackage what you said then, so some of the key things and the skills that, that you learned really well from these companies that helped you accelerate was communication, teamwork, yeah. building a good team, uh, just generally learning a good skill and then being able to action it. Yes. Great. And then that final push into starting your own business, where did that come from? Or did you always have the drive and the vision to always want to own your own business? Or can yeah. you kind of run us through your mindset when you made that decision to start up on your own? Yeah, definitely. It's always been in my mindset. I mean, since high school, I was going to get into import-export. I was going to actually go um, and work a year and a half before going to school and start my own company, uh, just doing trade from overseas in the Middle East, the United States. Um, and I was like probably 17, 18. Um, it didn't pan out exactly. I went to work um, to do that. So I went to school instead. But it's always been a passion of mine. I took my father's trade. His trade was sales finance. He worked at a firm. He owned his own firm. So I understood how it was to own a business. A lot of people in my mother's and my father's family own businesses. So I support small businesses in general. I know how that structure works. Uh, but that was more brick and mortar for them. And so it's uh, matching matches with my personality. I wanted to be independent and wanted to run things the way I wanted to because I had a, a vision and a structure of how business should be made and how we should retain clients, how we should keep relationships, um, how to keep it fresh, how to keep it movement and how to create value essentially. Just, you know, how do I create a competitive edge? I feel like uh, with every business and every company I worked with, of course, big and small, I saw how they added value. I saw what they did and their style. And I always said, well, I have my own technique and style. I'd like to find my own. Should the timing be right? Should it be a demand and need, right? Got it. No, that makes a lot of sense. So it's always good to have support around you, good mentorship to help direct you, especially at the beginning where you're still learning and especially in a new industry as well. Um, right. Then kind of fast forward into the business that you are in now with, with the, the specialized types of lending that you do um, yes. for the different types of industries and business. How do you go about creating uh, a culture that works well for you and your team in your business? Definitely being open and good communication, uh, trying new things. If it's new financing, if it's getting into new deals that I'm not too aware of, if it's into new industries that I'm not too sure of, or into new territories. Um, I have a business partner example in Qatar, and he is a banker of over 20 years. Um, and he's bringing me deals in Sri Lanka. He's bringing me deals in frontier markets. 
which uh, is unique and it can be very adventurous to the bankers uh, when they're taking that in. But I allow it because I'm open-minded to the global world. You know, COVID has shaped a lot uh, for our markets. The markets have been changing the past two, three years. Uh, so it's about being updated and being open-minded. And I allow that culture in with anybody I work with. I also allow the, the trust to be built. Uh, so long as I have a good trust and good feeling with my partners or with clients, I definitely allow that to, to come in and try new different things. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And being on a global scale obviously helps with some fantastic growth opportunities all around the world at any given time. And I know Sri Lanka is expanding their capital yeah. city and reclaiming lots of land from the sea. And there's huge developments going on out there. So Malaysia, Australia. Definitely. I mean, it is a matter of, you know, what is what the movement is. Um, of course, overseas and and the East has been changing and developing, and so you do want to move with it. So, what makes the focus of my business is that, and that's how I I talk to my clients, I talk to the banks, is that I am I'm taking the the liquidity in the markets and the rates from the United States, and let's pair it overseas and let's make that marriage basically. Uh, let's yeah. work with the clients, let's build their business, uh, let's see what they have going on. Um, and granted that the deal flow and the funding amounts are up in the millions that I usually deal with at an overseas level compared to domestic. That uh, makes a lot of sense. So if for the listeners and people listening and trying to learn from this, if they were trying to get into a similar industry or expand their business globally into different territories, what advice would you give them to be able to kind of fast track that based on your experience? Well, it's about focus. Um, anything that you want to do and to venture out needs a good amount of focus. So you really need to know your competitive advantage, what value you bring personally, and then also on the business front. You need to be mindful of timing. Uh, you need to be mindful and aware of the relationships you built. How can you bring them value? How can they bring value, value back to them? It's always like whenever I meet example clients or I meet bankers, especially in the United States, I always say to myself, I have something they want, they have something that I want. Uh, how can I bring that together with them? Um, and so anybody who wants to venture out with similar to what I'm doing or whatever which they're doing is first be aware of any good mentors they can reach out to to get their advice. Uh, continually educate themselves, watching videos, anything on YouTube, podcasts, any books, and then utilizing social media. Um, LinkedIn. I have been fortunate enough so far, and which is very rare because I always utilize leads and uh, any sort of marketing solutions or buying ads uh, upsell now and due to course to a couple of things. One is demand. Second is interest rates. Third is COVID. So everybody's online. I have been able to obtain clients just through social media and through world, word of mouth, mouth up till now. I haven't invested too much money into the marketing. Uh, yet should that need to be uh, when the time comes so it does come to tell you and show you that it is everything is about timing it's about a demand and it's about people that trust you and they know you and they want to do business with you they know they can take your word yeah I think uh, there's a lot to be said about that and yes the message I'm, I'm kind of hearing most is be more resourceful yes. and use all the assets that are currently available and right now in the world we have pretty much limitless resources. Uh, so make sure you really do your due diligence and spend the time before you, you make that step. Yeah, like when I was in LSE, and the one thing we always learned 
was about it's more than you, in other words. So when you say globalization, we're talking about the whole collective. And so we're always looking at what other people need and not what we technically want. Uh, what are the countries lacking? What can we do to uh, push them forward? Example, like Sri Lanka. I learned that their import-export business has been booming. They just need more capital. There are um, a lot of countries overseas uh, not funneling enough for them. And so you need to really identify if you want to make business, what, just like an import-export, for example, you know, what a country needs and what other country has. And you make that connection. It's the same thing in any business. Um, if you're able to arrange that matchmaking or marriage, that's a funny way to say it, uh, you succeed and you make a profit. You make a business. Connected dots. It's a little yep. bit like thinking, grow rich. It's all about connecting the dots, right? So as we go to wrap up, there's one question I normally end with, which is if you were to split your success between three factors, which are luck, skill, and drive, how would you allocate between the three? Luck, skill, and drive. I would say that luck is about 50%. So luck can draw into your timing. It's when you're ready. Um, I do believe the harder you work, the more lucky you are, but also you draw it to yourself and it's when you're ready. So 50% of it's luck, 25% of it is drive. Um, and then the 50, 25% is skill. Um, a skill, anybody can learn a skill. Um, anybody can obtain education, of course. Um, a drive is a given. Uh, you need that, of course. But if you're in the wrong place in the wrong time, how much does skill and drive really fit into it? And so I believe majority, at least in my position, because I have, uh, I've tried many different routes, I've worked different jobs, and I noticed that my luck wasn't there, so my timing wasn't there. Um, I just wasn't either ready or could be just in the market economically wise. Um, but for example, like in COVID this year, it's been, a, it's been a time where most people aren't feeling lucky and some people are really feeling lucky. There are people in the medical field feeling lucky. So it is a timing. So I think 50% luck, 25% drive, 25% skill. Paula, thank you so much for that. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? LinkedIn's great. Um, you can also reach out to me on email and info at silverweiss.com. Um, and of course, through my website. All right, great. We'll put the links to that right below here so people can just click straight to you. Thank you so much for your time. You've been fantastic. Thank you, Casey. Bye-bye.